When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Welcome to the Watford Buzz Podcast, the place where we chat all about Watford FC as we watch from our sofas during this COVID hit season. On today's episode, I chat to BBC Lancashire's football commentator Andy Bayes about Blackburn Rovers, but first I'm delighted to be rejoined by the Watford Observer's Ryan Gray. Okay, Ryan, uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, coming into the Derby game, there was talk of the likes of Kapu and, and Saar being available for the match, but... Uh, they weren't actually in the squad. Uh, did that come as a bit of a surprise? And, and and how did that Watford setup look like for you in the end? It did a bit just by virtue of the fact that Ivic had said in his press conference before that game that they were going to be there, or at least that they were available. Um, so obviously with Saar, there had been that offer from Crystal Palace during the day that was rejected and after the game, Ivic did say that he sort of hadn't been told anything about it, which leads you to believe that, you know, the club were never really interested in selling him once it had got to that point. Mm. Um, but the the team on the day, I thought, you know, when I particularly when I saw the bench and I saw the likes of um, Hungbo, Stevenson, uh, Phillips, you know, they, they're young, a lot younger than, uh, than some of the senior players they've got and a lot more inexperienced, obviously. So I did think it... It could be a difficult game, but Derby obviously aren't in a, a brilliant place themselves, and they had let their uh, pretty much their only striker go out on loan on on that deadline day. So I always felt there was every chance that that Watford would be able to get something. I'd, I'd never felt like Derby were, would score, and uh, and so it proved to be. Yeah, you're in, you're in the uh, the rather enviable position of uh, of many Watford fans of being able to attend Watford's fixtures in person. So uh, you got to view the game from a slightly different angle to the majority of us last Friday. What did you make of the first half? I mean, <laughs> it wasn't good by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> from just you know, from a purely from a footballing spectacle, it was it was pretty dire. I mean, the, the mm. whole game was the second half wasn't a lot better. There was just that one moment of, of real quality from Joe Pedro that won the game but yeah other than that there, there wasn't a great deal to talk about was there yeah no it took ages for either side to have a shot on target and, and then two came in quick succession firstly for Derby which was a uh, straight at Foster and, and then an absolute yeah. amazing strike from Pedro from where you were sitting how did you view it well I was I, it was one of those where I was sort of right behind it so I saw it just fly straight into the top corner it was it was nice. uh, a lovely spot for me to to have seen that I was sort of right on the halfway and it was to my left 
and that's yeah i was right behind the the strike and got a, a lovely view of it flying into the top corner so uh very very pleased with that it was uh certainly something to to warm me up at least anyway because it was a very very cold evening in <laughs> uh, do you think it's a coming of age moment from the young man i think he's getting better all the time and he's certainly learning his craft i think you know, certainly from his point of view, Watford dropping down a division has certainly been a very beneficial thing. Um, he's, you know, his goal against Luton, it was scrappy, but he managed to scramble it in. And and then that goal, you know, shows that he has really got that quality and just maybe that's the step down in, in, in level from the Premier League to the Championship gives him the chance to play against players who aren't of great who aren't of the quality of the Premier League, but certainly have the physicality and and will he'll he'll get a different education there certainly, and it's it's a, a great place for him to to learn and develop. And uh, Ivic said today in his press conference that it's important to not get carried away with him, and it's important to you know keep him level headed and make sure he keeps developing all the time and doesn't think he's reached his peak yet. And uh, I, I think he's in the perfect place to do it. Yeah, and, and that's four clean sheets for Watford now. We're, we're really starting to see the job that Ivic has, has done on the defence since he came in. Certainly, yeah. I mean, you look at the start of last season, you know, they let in three against Brighton, I think, you know, another, th- was it three or four against West Ham? And you just mm. didn't seem to be able to, to hold steady. And then when Sanchez Flores came in, they tightened up and then there was nothing going forward. With Ivic, okay, it's not been brilliant going forward, but there is a lot more balance there. And certainly defensively, they're incredibly solid. Um, I'm looking forward to Wednesday because, you know, Blackburn, the top scorers in the league against, uh, against Watford, who've only conceded one. It'll, it'll be an interesting battle, but he certainly got them really well set up. I really liked uh, Trooster Kong. I thought for a debutant, he, he looked like he'd been there for ages. He was really commanding and showed a lot of leadership as well. And, and you know, from from his point of view, I thought he had an excellent debut, and so there's a lot to be uh, a lot to be optimistic about, certainly in in the defence. Yeah. Any other exciting players or performances that you saw on that game? Um, yeah, I, I thought Cabaselli was good. Um, you know, he he's one of those ones when he when he does play well, you you don't notice him because he's just getting on with his job quietly. And I thought I thought he had a, a good game. Um, and, and Ben Wilmot as well, you know that those those three as a, as a back three worked really nicely together, and Half uh, yeah, Cart can obviously fit in there as well. And it's just it seems like a seamless transition with Kafkar in, or or you know Trustakong who 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 fitted in really really well. I was I was very impressed with him, certainly due to the fact you know it was his, his first game at a new club, and you don't often expect that level of you know assuredness that he showed and, and something you may not have seen watching watching on TV was just how commanding he was. He was really organising the back. Um, obviously, when, when Trusta Kong's not been playing, Cabaselli's been the centre of those three, but um, Ivic trusted Trusta Kong to fit in there right in the centre and, and to be the, the dominant leader at the, at the back, and, and he did that really well. Mm. And it was interesting that after Trusta Kong came off, it was when uh, Darby really started to get uh, an opportunity in the game. And uh, there was that moment when Rooney broke through and you wonder if perhaps he, he would have been able to do that had had Ekong been on the pitch. Yeah, you do. But I'd, 
again, I'd, I'd say Cabaselli did more than enough to put him off. Um, you know, it's not often Wayne Rooney squanders a chance like that, and no. you watch it back, and I think that Cabaselli did well to keep up with him and, and put him off. But it, it did the game did open up a bit. I'd, I'm not sure that was necessarily just because Kong went off. I think you know the game just opened up because both sides were, were looking for that goal. Um, but yeah, it'll be be interesting to see who he chooses on Wednesday night to play in that back three. And it, it definitely looks like they've got a, a really solid foundation there. They just need to get, get some more going the other way, don't they? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the issue, isn't it, for Watford fans at the minute. The football isn't particularly exciting. But I mean, do you think that will change going forward? Or should we just get used to it and, and accept that if that's the way we, we have to play to get wins, then, then that's the way? I, th- I think it will change. Um, obviously, Ivic has only just last week learned who his final squad is. So he, he's not exactly been able to, to plan a great deal. He's had Kapu out, who's now coming back in. Will Hughes is out. He's going to be back in sort of the next two or three weeks. So there is a lot still to, to return. Troy Deeney, Andre Gray, uh, Peritzer's coming back this weekend after his suspension. So there's a lot of firepower still to return. Saar will be back again this weekend or Wednesday night. So I do think things will get better. Um, you know, he's he's laboured with that midfield three of Chalabar, Cleverly and, and Quina. And for me, Quina hasn't really stepped up to the mark that a lot of people I know were expecting of, of him mm-hmm. um, for, for whatever reason. Uh, Cleverly and Chalabar, they're solid, but they're not the most creative players, are they? So there is a a lot of the more creative players still to come back. And I I think, you know, Kapu, the way he can pass a ball and the way, you know, he can use his vision, I think certainly at this level will will really improve Watford's creativity and create more chances for them. And looking ahead to that Wednesday night fixture, it's it's a home fixture against Blackburn Rovers and You've uh, had the opportunity to, to hear Ivic in his uh, his press conference. What, what has he said ahead of this game? Well, he, he knows it's going to be a difficult one. Certainly, looking at, at Blackburn's record, they've already scored eleven goals this season, so they're uh, they're not shy in in front of goals, certainly. Yeah. But um, they they have also lost to Derby and Nottingham Forest, so they're they're also not the most consistent. But he knows if if they're on their game, it'll be a difficult match, and just. He's he's obviously just hoping that his defenders can can work as well as they have, and I think it's going to be a first sort of real thorough test for for his defenders. Uh, Reading they did okay, and you look at the goal, and it wasn't a brilliant one to concede, but it wasn't exactly like all the defence were undone. It you know it was an, an unfortunate deflection. Yeah. So for for me that game, I th- I thought they played quite well at the back, but you know just a bit of stroke of misfortune. Can can they do it again against Blackburn and and you know stay solid? And the problem is, can they score the goals that you know even if they do concede, then it doesn't matter. That's what they need to work on. They've only scored three from five games so far. That's that's the problem for them. Do you think the team shape will be pretty similar to, to what we saw against Derby? I'd expect it to be pretty similar. Um, Ivic did say today that he will continue to review the shape and the shape isn't sort of a fixed thing that five at the back he said before you know he he has used a 4-2-3-1 before he has used a 4-3-3 before so there is a chance that 
in the future it'll progress to maybe four at the back. Um, but for now, I think we can more or less expect the the same thing that five three two sort of fluid attack. You know, sometimes it looks like a five three two, sometimes it looks like a five two three. You know, it, it it depends on sort of what stage of the game it is. But he seems very set on having that five at the back or or three at the back and then four in midfield, however you like to to refer to it. Um, but yeah, I, I can't see much changing for now. But there's there's always the possibility that he he will once he gets players back and looks at where he can fit them into the team, maybe adapting. Just before um, recording this podcast, uh, we, we're expecting to hear from the club. It's a it's an at your place live broadcast on YouTube. What are you hoping to to, to get from this uh, this evening? Are you hoping for some more clarity on any issues? Um, I I think it's good that um, the club are are speaking. Certainly, Scott Duxbury. There's certainly been suggestions in the past that he maybe hasn't communicated with the fans enough. So I think it's a very good opportunity for for the fans to get some questions answered. I'm just, I think um, they, they could perhaps explain a bit more about um, the the financial side of things and, and, and where they are with that, because there was certainly, they, they moved a lot of players on. There were the likes of, you know, Estupinian left, yep. Suarez left, mm-hmm. and they brought in quite a bit of money for those, certainly just for those two. And the Pereira's off the the wage bill. Delafeu is now off the wage bill. Um, but there was still the suggestion that someone else needed to go out before they could bring in another left back, and that's perhaps why they haven't brought in another left back. Um, and so I think maybe how much they've been affected, or how much the club has been affected by, you know, by the relegation and and obviously by the the COVID pandemic. And, and what sort of state things are in going forward, because they've obviously been affected enough by it. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what position they are in financially. Ivic himself has said in, in press conferences that, you know, they're not in a great financial shape and how much they are dependent on this being a successful season, because if they aren't in a great position financially and you know, worst case scenario, they don't get promotion this season, then, What's what are things going to look like next season? Yeah, it'd be nice to get a bit more clarity on those issues. So uh, coming back to the the Blackburn fixture then, and um, if I had to if I had to push you, what what's what what do you think uh, the likely score might be? Um, I can see it being possibly. It, it depends who's playing. If I think if Kapu and Sarah are playing, then Watford will have that added creativity to maybe go and get sort of two or three goals but if they if they aren't playing then you know it, it could well be difficult for them so I'm, I'll I'll say a cautious 2-1 um, but possibly 1-1 squad depending Excellent stuff that's the voice of Ryan Gray there from the Watford Observer and you can follow him for more Watford based information at Observer Ryan Right next up I'm joined by Blackburn Rovers commentator and BBC Lancashire journalist Andy Bays Andy, thanks for joining me. You've been uh, watching Blackburn this season and uh, it must have been pretty exciting with all the goals you've seen flying in so far. Well, it's been very exciting at times. Uh, the last couple of games, maybe not as much so. There was a, a 5-0 home win and a 4-0 away win, followed by a 0-0 
and a one nil defeat at the weekend. So um, we, we've seen the, the the great and the not so great, <laughs> and uh, we, we've really not any idea what's coming next. Yeah, well, uh, Tony Mowbray, he's, he's been in charge there for some time now since. Uh... Feb of 2017, which in championship terms these days is a tremendous feat. Uh, he guided them to 11th last season, 15th the year before. He's clearly been able to build something there at Ewood Park, Andy. He's done really well. Um, he inherited a team that was going down to League One, um, was goal difference away from keeping them in the championship, but just failed straight back up at the first attempt. And, and it's been consolidation ever since. Um, the, the supporters have really bought into Tony Mowbray. Um, the the Respect that the fans have for him is is obvious when he talks at the supporters' forums. You could hear a pin drop. He's a great storyteller. Uh, I think the important thing is as well is that the players really respect him and really like him and really buy into his ideas. Um, yes, there have been times that there's been poor runs and, and maybe some sections of the support have said, has he taken the club as far as he can? But I would say that the majority of football fans of Blackburn Rovers are, are more than happy with what they've got with Tony Mowbray after what's been a a really difficult time for the club since they came out of the Premier League in, in uh, 2012. Um, there's not really been a sign of going back and, and maybe this is the the best year and the best opportunity to, to get back after that, what would be a nine-year absence. Do you think the solidity under under Mowbray has helped the players? Sort of, they they know you know the day to day who the manager is going to be, and they just get their job, to, you know, going. Yeah, he's the gaffer. There's absolutely no doubt about who's in charge at the club. Um, he's got his firm philosophies on the game. Um, I think a lot of players who've actually been surplus to requirements and moved on by Tony Mowbray have, have said that how much they respect him and how much they enjoyed working for him. Um, he has gone back to previous clubs and brought players who he's managed before. I think in the likes of Richie Smallwood, who's since left. Adam Armstrong, he worked with at, at Coventry City and, and has a really good relationship with. Um, he also brought players to Rovers who impressed him when they played against him. And largely, the recruitment has been pretty good. Of course, there's been some that haven't worked out at all, but... The likes of Bradley Dack, who was 750 grand um, when Rovers were in League One, um, was a punt and, and it's worked no end. I mean, he won't be fit to play at Watford this week. He's not been fit since the day before Christmas Eve last year. But um, he's very, very close to, to coming back now from a cruciate ligament injury. And um, mm. Tony Mowbray can't wait to have him back. Yeah, he's done some shrewd business for, for sure. And talk us through a little bit of the transfer business they've done over this last transfer window. We saw Barry Douglas come in on, on deadline day, but there's been some other signings as well, including in, in the goal. Yeah, there was. there's three goalkeepers been brought in. Um, Thomas Kaminsky, who has been in the Belgium squad in the last international break, he's done really well since coming in. Um, a young Greek goalkeeper, Antonis Stergiakis, came in. He was on the bench at the weekend. Ainsley Pears, who played more than half of the championship games for Middlesbrough last season, he came in on deadline day. Uh, Barry Douglas, as you say, uh, Tom Tribal from Norwich and Harvey Elliott from Liverpool uh, all came in uh, on deadline day as well. I, I spoke to Harvey Elliott today, actually. And, and for a kid who's 17, he speaks remarkably well and uh, appears to be um, quite mature. And um, yeah, looking forward to seeing him play. Um, Daniel Ayala is another big summer signing for yeah. them as well as centre-back. So I, th I think they've recruited well. Um, if, if I'm to 
a tiny bit critical. Could they have done with another centre forward? For me, probably yes, but um, they've, they've done pretty well otherwise. Well, I was going to ask you about that. I was going to, I was going to say if the fans were, were judging, who else would they have liked to have come in? But uh, you've kind of answered that for me there, a centre forward. Although talking about uh, in centre forwards, Adam Armstrong, he already has five goals to his name. How important can he be for Rovers this season? He's been brilliant. Um, the, the improvement in him, um, he's always said he's a number nine. He's someone to play down the middle. Um, a lot of the time, Tony Mowbray has gone with someone like Danny Graham, who you'll know well yeah. from, from Watford days. Sam Gallagher's another big striker. Ben Brereton, another one, six foot plus. But Adam Armstrong, uh, there was a stat a couple of weeks ago that, that Adam has been involved in more goals and assists than any other player in Britain since the turn of the year. Wow. Uh, and his, his form has been phenomenal. Um, he's had no such service in the last two games where Rovers have failed to score. Um, but if you give him an opportunity, he's quick, he's lively, he knows that he's the first pick to play up front at the moment. Um, and I think the, the thinking behind it is if they can get players around him, the likes of Harvey Elliott, the likes of Bradley Dack when he's back, Joe Rothwell, uh, Lewis Holtby, who um, all of these players I'm talking about were, were unavailable at the weekend. Um, so there was very little creativity against Forrest. Um, but Adam Armstrong's been tremendous. I, I'm slightly surprised that um, a club in the Premier League close to deadline day didn't think he was worth um, a, a sniff. Yeah. And, and Bradley Johnson's been chipping in with the goals as well. He's got three. So, I mean, it, it, you're not doing too badly in the goals four column there. No, not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, Bradley Johnson started the season absolutely fantastic form. He was the um, player of the month for the championship for September. Um, scored a couple of goals at Derby. His old club scored at Bournemouth. Um, he is someone that Rovers will be sort of heavily relying on at the moment because Lewis Travis, who plays alongside him in midfield, won't play again until well into the new year. Um, we We've seen already that Rothwell, who has done really well in midfield, um, he is also isolating at the moment, so he's not going to be involved either. Um, we need to wait and find out if Holtby will play at, at, not at, at Watford because um, he's been at home in Germany because his, his first child was born last week. So um, th there were varying degrees of why players couldn't play for Rovers at the weekend. And I, I think it, it's... It's a very good time to to bring the four new lads in who came in on deadline day, and I, I would expect three, possibly four, to be in the eighteen. Mm. So, I mean, we've mentioned like how, how exciting they've been going forward, but uh, there've been a couple of disappointments as well. I mean, Forest probably was unexpected given how they've started and how yourselves have started. But what needs to to go right for 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 Blackburn to um, to make sure that everything's firing on all cylinders? I think keeping senior um, creative players fit. Um, the, the problem they had on Saturday was they, they had a midfield three of young John Buckley, Bradley Johnson and Corey Evans, all three of them good footballers. But when you don't have Rothwell who can travel with the ball, you don't have Dak who can create the unexpected. Holtby get, gets on the ball and, and wants to be progressive. Um, young Tyrese Dolan has started the season really, really well. He was ineffective by his standards at the weekend and was taken off five minutes into the second half. I think it's largely the same with a lot of clubs in the championship that if you can keep the vast majority of your players fit, uh, of your first choice players, which is, is always going to be impossible with a, a division like this and, and how much it's going to take out of the lads. 
if you can keep the majority of your key players fit, then you've got a chance. I mean, Rovers have, have struggled at times to keep Daryl Lenehan fit, their centre-half and captain. Yeah. He's really important at the back. Um, he'll be paired up with Daniel Ayala again at Watford. Uh, Derek Williams has been isolating in Ireland after international duty. Um, so th- there's there's just issues all over the squad at the moment for Tony Mowbray to deal with, so much so that uh, Luke Brennan from the under-18s uh, came on as a substitute on Saturday for his first involvement, and, and two central defenders were named on the bench to, to make it a seven-man substitutes bench. So, yeah, one, one or two areas of concern in terms of fitness, but um, I think if Rovers can keep a core of seven or eight players fit to play 35 to 40 games this season. They could be there or thereabouts in the top six. How, how do they play, Andy? What's their, what's their shape like? Are they, are they particularly trying to use the wings? or, or, or They're um, a 4-3-3. Three, three. Um, they're, they're, they're three central midfield players. It, it, is a, it is a marked change from last year which and the year before and the year before that, which was a, a solid 4 2 Three one with two holding midfielders. Well, that, that's kind of been dispensed with this year, and, and there's three central midfield players who are, who are expected to um, screen across. Um, Adam Armstrong certainly plays down the middle. Uh, ben Brereton has been playing in off the left. Tyrese Dolan in off the right. Dolan is someone who always wants to take on his fullback, uh, sort of old-fashioned in that regard. Um, Brereton is someone who is more likely to drift inside and try and make it a two-up with with Adam Armstrong. Um, it'll be really interesting what Mowbray does w- with regards to the, the front three. Um, I, I would hazard a guess that Armstrong is a certain starter. Whether or not Dolan and Brereton both drop out after the last two games where there hasn't been a goal and the likes of Sam Gallagher gets a start and there's a possibility that Harvey Elliott, I know he's only 17, he's just arrived from Liverpool, is he going to throw him straight in a team? It wouldn't be Mowbray's usual way of doing it, but he might look at it and, and think, well, why not? Let, let's have a go. Um, Douglas might replace Amari Bell at left back. He probably won't. He'll probably be a sub. And Tom Tribal, will he come into midfield? I would hazard a guess that he might, if he can prove his fitness in training um, today and tomorrow uh, ahead of the game. So, yeah, it's a, it, it's certainly a four three three. I I would be absolutely staggered if it's anything else. So there could be a few changes personnel yeah. wise then for for the Watford game. You think? Yeah, I really do. Um, the, the manager was very very disappointed with what he saw, particularly first half on Saturday. Um, watching his body language on the bench is always quite interesting. Uh, he he was hopping up and down on the spot regularly. His hands were in his face a lot. He was throwing his arms up in the air every time. I mean, they gave away so many cheap passes on Saturday, just passing the ball square blindly, not looking at, at where they were playing it, and gave the ball away a lot. Forrest weren't great either, um, but but I would suggest that, that the performance of the players and maybe the availability of other ones, I, I would expect Holtby will probably be back from Germany. If he is, he'll play. Um, Rothwell, unfortunately, won't be because of the uh, self-isolation period. So th- there will be changes. I-, I would probably expect the goalkeeper will definitely remain the same. The back line will remain the same as well. Uh, and then you- your changes are-, are-, are certainly midfield and the front three. How-, how do you think they're viewing this game against Watford? Do you think Watford are considered one of the, the top dogs in the division? Or Yeah. Yeah, yeah certainly. Yeah, I, I do. Um there's always a lot of talk about the teams who 
um, benefit from parachute money and those that don't. It's 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 many many years ago now since since Blackburn Rovers had parachute money. Um, I know that they stand to make something like eight million pounds this year. Um, I think Watford will make an awful lot more than that with with their parachute money. And uh, I, I know that the, um, the 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 idea and the initiative last week that um, the big picture um, w- was mentioned, and I know that clubs. Yeah. in the championship we're really keen for that to happen and to try and make it a more level playing field without the parachute money mm. um but yeah I, I think i mean i i caught the game on friday night for for watford at derby um i, I was glancing on and off and, and talking to the family at the same time but it was a, a magnificent goal to win it wasn't it and, yeah and, it's one of those games where, where right. you probably could glance away and nothing would have really happened for the for a lot of the first half at least. But uh, it was a good goal. You're right there. Uh, the goal difference um, is immense, isn't it? Three, four, and one against. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's certainly not the the same that Blackburn have. But, uh, <laughs> but in terms of um, Watford squad, do you think do you think do you think you'll be worrying Mr. Mowbray at all? No, not in particular. He he. He does all his homework, as you'd expect, uh, about the uh, every team. But um, I think on any given day, he he would trust his his players to be able to take on any side in the division. I, I think, with the greatest respect to to Watford and, and Bournemouth and the other team that came down last season, who Norwich. whose name is Norwich. Thank you. <laughs> um, I I don't see them as an Aston Villa uh, or a Leeds. Or, or maybe in years gone by in Newcastle, mm-hmm. who were going to dominate the division. Yeah. Um, but but still, when you look at the quality of players that they've got, particularly at, at, at championship level, I've always liked Will Hughes. Deeney is going to get goals. Glenn Murray's going to get goals. Um, Andre Gray, I remember very well playing for Burnley and, and scoring a lot of goals at, at this level. So I, I like Ben Foster. I, I like a lot of the players in the Watford setup, to be honest with you. Um, could they win the championship? Absolutely right, they could. Um, could they finish 10th? Probably, yeah. It, it's that sort of division, isn't it? And I think James Garner, who, who they brought in from United, uh, he was heavily linked with a move to Blackburn before the uh, loan move went through to Vicarage Road. Was so um, I'll be very interested to see uh, if he plays and how he gets on. Yeah, he, well, he's been a, a, a real bright spot when we've seen him come on. It's uh, certainly one that I'd like to look uh, at his career going forward. But... Uh, Coming back to Blackburn, you've you've mentioned already. You think they could potentially get sixth place. Is is that sort of the peak? Do you think of of, of how well they could do this season, or, or do you think maybe that they could even push for for higher than that? Do you know it's crazy, isn't it? Um, I, I genuinely have no idea. It's a division that largely, um, if I do an accumulator on a weekend and put a pound on, I I, I tend to try and avoid the championship every game as much as I can. <laughs> Um, I was talking to the manager of Preston this morning, actually, Alex Neal, oh, yeah. and I was asking him about the championship and what, and what he thinks this year. And he said um, the biggest difference is, he said, one home team won this weekend. And he feels, uh, and rightly, that there are no home and away games this year, while there's no supporters in. It, it is very much an even playing field where you're playing now. So all the pitches are largely in good condition at this stage of the season. So it's not like turning up to the old days and you might end up on Luton's plastic pitch or QPR's going back in the day. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it is, I mentioned this to him this morning, Alex Neal, I, I think this year getting promotion would be like winning the lottery for 
clubs in the championship because I think it's a brilliant year to go up. We all know what's happened in 2020. We all know how much clubs are desperate for cash. And can you imagine if, if it's your year this year that, that the amount of debt you're probably getting into by not being able to have any paying public coming through and you end up getting a check for about £150 million to get promoted. It, it, it is the year to do it. Can Rovers do it? Um, I would like to think so. Um, but after winning 4-0 at Derby, there was two home games against Cardiff and Forest, and I always thought, well, if they're serious about it, can they make it another back-to-back wins? And they've taken one point out of six. So that is the big frustration that has been there for the last few years that can they get themselves into a position where they've got two winnable home matches and win them and be in a very strong position? And as it stands, they've not managed to do that this season or last season or the year before. Can they indeed? Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll watch this season and and we'll watch it with bated breath. Final question then, and it's one I always like to finish with. And you've already already sort of hinted that uh, that perhaps you've uh, you've made a flutter in the past. So can you predict the score for me for this game? Yes, I can. Blackburn Rovers will win the game two 0 Interesting, interesting. <laughs> I, I, from a Watford perspective, I hope you're wrong, but it could it could very well be that the championship does throw up. Very interesting scores. Well, thanks again for joining me, Andy. All thanks, the best Mike. for the season. That's Andy Bays there. And if you want to follow him on Twitter, you can do so at Andy Bays. I'm sure he'll be delighted to get another follower, even if it's from a Watford Well, sadly, that's all we've got time for again on today's show. But don't worry, because we'll be back again later in the week to bring you some more Watford chat ahead of Saturday's fixture against AFC Bournemouth. So it just leads me to say thank you for listening to today's show. Please retweet the show on Twitter. Tell your mates about us so that together we can start a buzz about the Watford Buzz podcast. Bye for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 